Uh, you've you've ruined me about something, JJ, and I I have to call you out for for getting me stuck okay. on the classic hot one sauce, oh. which is fifteen dollars a bottle. Yeah, it's not it's cheap. pricey. Yeah, you can pick it up from their store in New York. It's probably yeah. less because you don't have to pay yeah. for shipping. get to all this <laughs> so we, we got, we got a lot i'm just saying i'm putting it weeks. out there we get to it or we don't you know okay. it's been two weeks so we've got a we have a glut <laughs> of topics it has been two weeks episode i was gonna say and... oh god uh, i don't know i've lost it we've been off one week and oh, i no. lost it oh no that's it oh no um i had a good run i had a good run is episode 267 267 thanks michael hello everybody welcome back we were gamers podcast about sometimes games and basically what old 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 gamers get up to on their time off (laughs) which includes forgetting how to count apparently hey i uh I, i i totally whiffed there because i also recorded that thing about me being able to add at the beginning and then couldn't remember 267. So that's real bad. We didn't say we were young gamers or we didn't say that we were gamers with spry minds or quick math skills. <laughs> so, you know, let me whatever. tell you my game. I self doubt today after playing some Celeste about whether or not I can even play oh. games anymore. <laughs> yes let me drink the tears bring them to me there's no tears but i certainly got to the point in a room where i was like i don't know if i can make this jump oh you can make that jump it was like 22 minutes (laughs) only congratulations yeah i'm complicated by doing the doing okay sorry what what what, what? we're talking about celeste now so give me (laughs) where are y'all in celeste Okay, we're uh, going into Celeste. Hey, w- welcome back, JJ and Michael. <laughs> hey, friend. How you doing? Oh, yeah, we, hey, Andy. How's it going? Uh, good. We've been off for a week. I know you're excited, but we've been off for a week, so we got to remind people. Yeah, we, okay, yeah, we got to remind it's, people we're talking about Celeste. Yes, That's we're talking about Celeste. Um, God, that was a lot of deaths. I made it really complicated on myself uh, by going for the strawberry as part of the course to get through the room. Ah, mm. uh, Yes. But sometimes it's better to come back. But honestly, when I looked at it, it didn't make it. It made two extra. I made two extra jumps to get there. It's just, yeah, one of them was really tight and I had to learn it and I died on it a lot. But then after that, it was the rest of the room that killed me a bunch. Um, yeah, it was like 20 minutes. Which chapter are you in? I'm still in three. I'm uh, I'm decluttering the hotel currently. Yeah. There's okay. some really, really tough jumps in three, or my memory of three anyway, which again, <laughs> I haven't played this in several years, but mm-hmm. my memory of three was that there is some really, really tough stuff in three that then, is it the next chapter, Michael? Or maybe it's two chapters. The next chapter is the ridge and then the mirror temple. Yeah, okay, it's the mirror. But the stuff gets... uh, You get first taste of, like, how expansive some of the levels could be in Chapter 3. 
Yeah, it's um, this is large, and it doesn't bother it's me. That it's, yeah, and there's like, oh, I've seen the crystal heart now, but I don't know how to get there because I've only gone on one of the three paths. I've only finished one of the three paths. Um, I don't know, and this we'll talk about my controller. It will use the controller once we're done to segue out of this. But I don't know. Sometimes that red goop or whatever it is, the red outlined black things that that kill you in level three that are attached to the edges of the level Mm -hmm. don't seem like they're there when they kill me. It looks like maybe their little undulating lines actually are still present in the positions they look like they are not. And so sometimes I'll do what I think clears a jump, but actually I still get killed. Are you trying to say that the hitbox is bigger than it appears? The hitbox smaller than it appears. I think that the hitbox is static, or it, it could be that I'm just bad and not noticing it. But it feels like the hitbox is a square, even though the thing inside of it looks like it's like. Oh, I see. You think you can squeeze me, by as it wiggles yeah, or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Like, oh, I cleared that wiggle. Oh no, I think the hitbox is still there. Uh all that to say that I don't know if I'm a platformer anymore. <laughs> I just <laughs> like, oh my god. This is this is not exactly an easy platformer though, so I don't know if this is the one to judge. And I really want to be clear, the strawberries aren't necessary for the game in any respect. I don't think there's a single thing you get by getting the strawberries other than happiness or or the strawberries themselves. They're, they do nothing for you. I don't believe so. Not like the hearts. The hearts have a purpose in unlocking stuff near the very end of the game. And the strawberries do nothing. Hmm. So, you know, they are cool and they do make some of those rooms very challenging, but it's not necessary. And you can always come back later at which point you will have played a lot more Celeste and understand a lot more about the game, perhaps. You know what, though? Like, I, I don't begrudge. I, it made me understand and brought me back because I took a week of vacation. We all did. Uh, we'll find out what we all got up to a little bit. Uh, and I hadn't played in over a week. And I wanted to play tonight because I want to bust out. I got two new controllers. I got the um, Elite Series 2. And I also ended up getting the brawler we'll talk about that in a bit too uh and i wanted to like get back into celeste before i got out the elite series 2 just and i was using my other controller and so like i blame a little bit on that and i what i liked about going for that strawberry was like remembering how to wall slide a little bit to line up and kind of like get the jump distance of the short jump versus the whole jump and all that sort of stuff re-remembered for playing this week, right? Because, mm-hmm. like, yep. you're out of a rhythm if you don't play that type of game for a while. There's no way to... I mean, it, it, it builds on itself. So if you don't keep the skills active the entire time you're playing it, good luck dropping into World 4 after a month off. You know? That's what it feels like to me. Yeah. I uh, I definitely got a sense of what, JJ, you were talking about, of coming back later after mm-hmm. you've learned some of the, some of the more difficult things uh, and finding things easier. So I got all the way up to Chapter 9, 
and got as far as I could with the number of hearts that I had and then found myself gated. And so I had to go back and start doing B sides to get more stuff, to get more hearts, the hearts. Oh, there's more hearts on B sides. Yeah, uh, the B side ends with an unmissable heart. That's the end of each B side. Oh, okay. So that's the so you that's don't the benefit you don't, of doing a B side. Yeah, there are no yeah, strawberries. Yeah, you don't have to find the crazily hidden heart, regular, first hearts. I think I think you could get them all from B sides if you needed to. Yep. Yeah, but you have to. the The trick with the B side is that you have to get through it. Ugh. The B sides are tougher platforming and bigger rooms. Also, also sometimes there's timing involved or more timing, perhaps. Um, I don't know if Andrew, you have gotten to it in in uh, level three there, but there are certainly rooms where, like, when you start your jump and your run matters. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I didn't remember when they start with like moving pieces and stuff that is like on timers. They do a yeah, good that's job. In three. Yeah, they start. They started in three. They do a good job in three of if they make the room big, giving you a place to rest. Yeah, where you can like yep. take a, you take a breath and kind of get your bearings again. But there's definitely parts of three where it's like, all right, I got to learn the first part of this room, and then I'm going to die because I haven't learned the last half of this room. And I got to figure out the timing of all of these jumps together. Right, and, and the B side will do something similar, but like that middle platform might be gone. Right. Or they will have the the previously static block that you would stand on for a while while you thought about the room is now moving in some pattern. Or it falls. Or, or it falls, yeah. Yeah, or any number of other such things, right? The, mm-hmm. the previous thing that would refill your jump is just gone now. I see. Or stuff, stuff like that. And it's not – in some cases, they are all new levels and rooms as well. But more often, it's like really increased difficulty versions of previous rooms. Okay. So, yeah, so there is benefit to finding and doing that stuff. And I I think you always have to complete the level the first time to do a B-side. Is that correct? Yeah, because you have to get the tape, right? Yeah, yeah you have so. to get you have to get the tape, but you don't I don't I think if you quit out to the map, you keep the tape. You don't have to get to the end of the level. I only have one oh, tape. Oh, okay. Well, you've only done two levels complete, right? So, yeah. The tape and the tapes are hidden. Okay, and they are. Yeah, got it. I will say the tapes are easier to find than the hearts, to my experience, anyway. Interesting. Yes. All right. I I don't know. I mean, I I'm I'm distinctly not looking at guides and stuff. So whatever you guys tell me, I believe <laughs> that's that's the right way to do it, in my opinion. You know, go in there, learn what you can learn, and uh, sometimes you're going to die for 20 minutes on a room. That's just part of the game. I I didn't. But feel, you know, I, bet, I didn't feel I bet discouraged. You, yeah, and I bet you came away like understanding more about how the character controls, like exactly what size jump you can get away with, exactly how far that arc goes, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And knowing that is going to help you later, for sure. Yeah, I just... Uh, good point you made there, Michael, about Celeste not being maybe a typical platformer. Um, but it still made me feel like, oh, man... I think I played stuff harder than this when I was younger, but you know, who knows? Yeah, there are I don't people. Know. It, different kind of difficulty, I think. <laughs> there are yeah. people out there, however, uh, taking a game like this and making us look silly. GD, uh, there are there are ROM hacks for Celeste, you guys. Oh yeah, 
I think they did some at GDQ this year. They, I think I I caught some. They of that. did. They did a yeah a special level run. And uh, let me tell you, if you thought regular levels of Celeste were hard, don't it's, look at these. It's just memory, right? <laughs> like these. The only way to do these is from memory. No, I would yes, but also someone has to do it the first time. Right, right, right. right? But like so to it perform a, it at a GDQ. I'm sure these people practice for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours yeah. and hours. I was, uh, I tried not to watch too much of it cause I didn't want anything spoiled or whatever, but I couldn't not watch a little bit of it. And boy, that was nuts. Yeah. You get to see some of the advanced movement mechanics that are possible in Celeste that you don't necessarily need for the base game. Yeah, I want to say, did either of you pick up on any of that advanced movement tech? Because that stuff is in the base game. You can do it in level one. Yeah, so some of it, some of it, I have, I have seen before or done inadvertently. Um, once or twice, I've managed a, a spike jump without really trying to do it. Um, I know I've done the uh, the like bounce yourself off the floor mm-hmm. to go forward really fast movement. I've, I've done that one that. accidentally. Uh, yeah. I don't know. How. So I've the yes. So that's kind of where I got to that point. I, I didn't come to it until later in the the run where I started noticing that in a certain place, I would always get a jump that seemed way farther than normal just on how I was going through that that part of the level. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why is this jump crazy? And none of these other jumps can do this. Like I, I can never get that distance and it always works right here. Or not always, but like it seemed to always happen there. Hmm. And I was doing the corner thing off of this one box without knowing and like catapulting myself across over a gap that, well, I guess you're obviously supposed to be able to clear that way, but I think they intended for you to stand on top of the box and run instead of doing <laughs> right. what I was doing. And I was figuring, I was like, why is this happening? And it was just, I had gotten it to the point where I could just always do it, but I don't know how I arrived there. And I was just so puzzled because it was different from how I'd played for so long. Huh. And then, like, come to find out, like, you know, once I had completed the game, not using that jump ever again because I could never replicate it anywhere else. <laughs> like, oh, this is like a thing that you can do. Nice. And yeah, it's that game has some crazy stuff, man. And uh, I didn't catch so many of the runs from GDQ this year, though. Yeah, was, Any recommendations from you guys out there for stuff that was really cool? It started uh, while I was I gone, of, so I missed a good half of it. Uh, Michael will have better answers because I, I had not great service out in the camping wilds. Yeah, I caught a I caught a couple of runs probably each day. Um, for you, JJ, the Hitman 3 run was good. Okay. Um, I really wish Hitman 3 would come out on my preferred platform where I own the other two versions of Hitman so that I could play them all together. That that would probably be nice. Never say die. Um, <laughs> trying to think what else did I Vanquish watch. Vanquish was, was crazy good. to watch. Oh, yes. I did see parts of Vanquish. Vanquish is cool. Yeah. That game is just cool. That game is weird. I wouldn't have played it. I wouldn't. Even, I would definitely not have played it. But now, having watched it, I was like, I'm glad I watched it. You know, it's one of those uh, inadvertent I... benefits of GDQ a little bit. Do I own Vanquish? Un- I think I do. Unlikely. Where would you own it? <laughs> Is it on Steam? I own days? Vanquish on Steam. You sure yes. do. Oh wow! I sure do. You should play it. It seems like I played like it that. for. 
I have played it for 5.4 hours. Uh, I'm pretty sure I've beat. I'm pretty sure I've beaten this game. Oh, really? Because I was going to say that probably yeah. sounds to me like. Um... Yeah, I have a trophy that says completed all acts. Oh, interesting. I just opened Steam. I didn't realize Monster Hunter Story was was on Steam as well. It is. Oh. Yep. Yeah. That's weird because the first game's only available on the DS. Unless they moved it over here. Nope, don't think so. Okay. All right. Sure. Go go ahead, Monster Hunter Stories. You do you. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think they're connected, other than to say they have the name Monster Hunter Stories. So oh, <laughs> I see. Okay. They got me then. Um I watched the Kingdom you won't care, the Kingdom Hearts two run. I cut a chunk of the middle of that one. To me, it was very impressive because he does the whole thing at level one and watching someone do the game at level one makes you realize that when you're playing it and you're level 50, you should be doing better than you are. (laughs) Why am I so bad at level 50? This guy is killing everything at level one. I mean, I feel like the entirety of GDQ is just a clinic in why am I so bad? Yeah. Well, it teaches you something about the game too. You know, like we were talking about at movement tech and Celeste and he was like, Okay, so reflect is an overpowered spell. You just have to know when to use it right. And Mm -hmm. and they talk about the mechanics of how a boss works with their revenge moves and how you can bait them into doing their most damage to themselves with reflect. It's like, oh, okay. Interesting. I will be good at this game now. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. I didn't catch a whole bunch. Mm -hmm. Um, It was, you know, another online GDQ, so easier even to go find all the VODs and everything because they were probably just being done right then. Yeah, I I didn't... I think there's something... There are some awesome things that get brought because of the online GDQs, right? We remember in previous years seeing Happy Feats. Oh, yeah. Uh, and some Who was not there other. this year, sadly. Well, this I time around. Different dance game. Different dance game. Yeah. yeah. Um, Which, again, you know, gotta highlight other people sure. oh yeah for sure um but I, I think the there is something lost when it's all just like people being streamers essentially mm-hmm. rather than doing it in front of an audience and having a crowd and and cheering and all that okay yeah and, you do kind of miss that especially when if i'm watching a stream of it if i if what i'm basically just seeing is a person streaming a game I'm on already on twitch.tv. There's like 800,000 other people also doing that, many of whom I find more entertaining than the person who is doing the GDQ. Right? Yeah, it becomes right? more about picking and choosing than like watching the event unfolding. Yeah, and so then it's like, oh, what? Are they doing a game I'm particularly interested in? And then that will keep my interest rather than necessarily the runners or the commentators. And there have always been great runners and commentators every year. I just found like the times when I was available and tuning in, I was not always so interested in what was going on. Gark, yeah. Gark, that Gar, the Scottish guy, this the Sonic dude was there uh, as a commentator, not as a runner. So sometimes you like you would also be looking for a runner, right? Um, mm-hmm. or a game, and in the past you you'd flick it on and you'd see all the people on the couch and you'd be like oh yeah that guy's there i'll watch that because this happens all the time with like spike right spike spike vegeta's sitting on the couch i'll sit and watch this because he'll inter- be entertaining right right and so and, and like a lot of the people that i i ended up following after gdqs in the past 
have like moved away from speedrunning over the years and they just like they don't even apply for GDQs anymore because they don't do speedrunning. They've just moved on to standard streaming stuff. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I, I still find those people entertaining, but like obviously they're not at GDQ. They don't speedrun anything anymore. Yeah. It wasn't the speedrun that made them entertaining. It was their personality. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, if you do want to see an impressive one, JJ, watch the Super Mario 64 70 star blindfolded run. Oh, I caught part of that. I am going to go watch that because the part I saw was awesome. And I'm like, okay, I got to check the rest. It's of unbelievable. Out. I watched, I watched for probably 20, 20 minutes, half an hour. And there were so many times where I, I think I got into it because there were so many times where I had the feeling, Oh no, he moved somewhere. He shouldn't have, and doesn't realize that he's about to die, but no, it was all calculated. Wow. Yeah. That stuff is unbelievable. I, Especially uh, in a big 3D game like that, and a 3D game that's wonky like that one. Yeah, that sounds amazing. It's well worth the time. Awesome. Okay. Well, if uh, anyone saw other GDQ runs that we should go check out, let us know. Um, still a great event. I think we still supported it. I still supported it, etc. Um, and uh, hopefully, I think they announced at the end of this one that they have decided that as long as things continue the way they're going they'll likely return to in person in winter so january 9th yep 2022 okay that's what they say um you know we'll see what that means i likely will not go personally but you know it is it is starting to be that time of people announcing that stuff all right uh speaking of back in person and some people take vacations to go see SGDQ and AGDQ. What'd you guys do for your vacations? I want to know. I uh, I visited the car blocker. That's what I did. The car. A wonderful place to the go. Car, the car blocker. Car blocker. Michael. Yeah, we uh, we actually returned to the, the birthplace of the car blocker. Did you really? Yeah. yeah. So we... Um, we debated doing a couple of things, different things for the fourth and settled on, you know what, why don't we, since we didn't get to do it last year, why don't we try and go back and do what we've done for several years running, which is go to the top of the Disneyland parking structure. Okay. Uh, because it gives you, it gives you a great like 180 degree view of a large chunk of Orange County. Uh, and you can see all the fireworks that people are setting off, which was copious this year Likely. i think mm-hmm. kind of in in reaction to not being able to do it last year uh what not being able to do what last year well like hold big fireworks shows uh, the people across from me held a very large fireworks show last year which is why we went out of town this year <laughs> so i i don't know how this is yet there so the the local fireworks show to me was canceled due to like insufficient permits or something and then the other like the big one down in san diego bay went off apparently fine but there were no real shows near me and my proximity to tijuana where i assume a lot of these fireworks come from (laughs) is much closer and yet the amount of fireworks here is so much less do people just like travel through and leave i don't know it's like maybe the fireworks transports don't stop here make their way to la because that's where they blew up what Five thousand. They found five thousand pounds in a Los Angeles neighborhood, 
and ended up yeah, something ended that. up yeah. accidentally blowing up their own truck. Uh, trying to dispose of them. Yeah. Uh, so maybe they do. Maybe they just drive on through with them, JJ. I, I guess so, man. <laughs> uh, that's cool. And yeah, I so I didn't revisit the carb locker location. Uh, I just meant we made a lot of really f- filling foods. And uh, let me just say, uh, you can make pretty good leftovers with scallops with, if you uh, chop them up into some mac and cheese. That's all I have to say about the carb locker. Oh, I bet. That sounds good. Yeah. I'm guessing you didn't eat 75 hot dogs, though. No. Did he? Did he? Oh, I didn't even look it up after we got back. Did he Yeah, eat 75 he broke- hot dogs? He broke his record. I think it was 75. He broke his record of last year by one hot dog. What? What is? Why keep going? He has something to prove to himself, I guess. Because no one I else is, is close. I think the next closest person is at like 50. Yeah. Why keep going? <laughs> I don't know why. Good, good for Joey Chestnut. He's got what? One, two, three, four. 14 hot dog titles, Nathan's titles. 14 titles. Yep. Yeah. That's enough. Well, well no, it's not. 76. He's got to go. 76 hot He's got to go for one more to get the first, the 15, right? The nice round 15. I don't know. Speaking of food, JJ. Food has to be kept cold in a fridge. Tell me about your fridge. I need to know what you broke and what you fixed. Because you, show, you showed a picture. We had talked about some volt, volt, uh, multimeter work last week, and uh, I didn't know yep. what it was for. So, uh, there are... Uh, there was We have two wine cooler slash refrigerator devices in our house. One is quite a bit smaller uh, and has been operating without issue. The larger one, at some point... Uh, started making a clicking noise when you would think that maybe the compressor was attempting to engage uh, and that it didn't engage and the clicking noise like would only would happen like once and then it would be silence for a while okay until I guess it decided to try again at some point later in the future and you would hear it click uh, and then the inside was never cold right it's just like it stopped being cold in there it didn't work mm. So I Googled around a little bit about this refrigerator and like the motor and the various components inside and whatnot. And most of the things seem to say that like, hey, you know, call their customer service, see what they tell you. See if they'll replace it for free. They won't, but ask anyway. (laughs) And then before you go to a service people, try to do these relatively easy things if you have this set of tools. It's like, all right, I own a multimeter. It's a really crappy multimeter, but I own one. <laughs> and I tell you, it was $5 or something. It is barely working. It's a piece of plastic garbage. I have one of those. But it works. And I have a good one. And I, I don't know why I haven't thrown out the bad one. <laughs> just... throw the... So let me tell you, maybe there's a reason to keep the bad one. Is if you don't know what you're doing uh, and you're uh, afraid you're going to cause a spark. Uh-huh. A bad multimeter getting destroyed is fine. A good one could be expensive. I see. I see. Did we learn this by example? Uh, a little, but I <laughs> already knew that spark. I didn't know what it was. Well, it, was, it wasn't a big spark. It was a little spark, okay. right? But I already knew I didn't know what I was doing, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was, like, cautious 
So no one was hurt. Nothing was injured other than you know, my vision for about a couple seconds and uh, the tip of the multimeter. Sorry, one of the leads, the red lead specifically. Okay. Uh, and so what I what I learned through all of this is that you can, a lot of instances when refrigerators break, what actually broke is not the motor, that, the compressor that runs and actually gets it cold. It's this thing called the overload and relay circuit. And these are two little devices that are plugged into the side of the compressor where the power comes in that essentially prevents like voltage spikes and you know, other weird electrical problems from getting in and actually harming the motor itself, right? Mm -hmm. These components break after years of use or abuse or voltage spikes or whatever, right? And they can be replaced without, like, with some effort, but not not impossible effort, effort that a human could easily do. Uh, And with, like, household tools, you just need, like, a screwdriver and... Uh, a multimeter would be helpful and uh, like a couple other things. You don't actually need the multimeter to replace them, but it's going to tell you if, if the compressor is actually broken, the multimeter will tell you that. I see. And okay. once you pull these two pieces off, you can test the leads of the compressor completely safety, right? Unplug everything first. Don't be an idiot. Yeah. But like once you've taken all this stuff out uh, and unplugged these things, this overload and relay from the compressor, it's perfectly safe to test the leads of the compressor with the multimeter set to an ohmmeter. Uh, and as long as there's certain levels of resistance between these three poles, you know the compressor is probably still good. So I determined the compressor was still good. Yay. That's the big, it's the big motor. It's expensive probably. Yeah. It, that, the compressor for an older fridge, you're just talking about getting rid of it at that point. Correct. Yes. You there's are. no benefit really that no one wants to. Unless you are super attached to that form factor, you should toss the thing and get a new right. one. So, I was not uh, super attached to this wine refrigerator, but I figured if these parts, and again, looking at them, like, I went on Amazon, is like, how much do these parts cost, really? Okay, so, like, the the salesperson from the customer service line was like, oh, we'll ship them to you. It's only, like, $60. Yeah. I'm like, all right, well, that's a yeah. lot, but I don't know how much these things actually are. So I said, thanks, but no thanks. And then I looked them up online. It's 15 bucks for both, sure. right? Of course. Okay, so let's do this. So I order $15 parts from God knows where, China, I assume. They arrive in two days, so they're plentiful already over here. It's not like they had to ship it across the sea. And I'm like, all right, let's try this. I'm going to install these things, um, which took a little bit of doing. It required a uh, also a wrench, I recommend. <laughs> Um, the little electric, I don't know if you guys have ever seen electrical, um, like what they call them, like tongue connectors. Oh, the ones you have to kind of like There's a, clamp underneath a screw. Uh, or so they this plug would be into, like a, uh, they plug into the slots. slot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. then they clamp down yep. on the slot yep. and you pinch yes. it down with pliers. Yeah, so you really want to get something that can like loosen those things, and they're typically covered with plastic all the way down to the edge, yep. which then makes it really hard to loosen, right? So you got to cut the plastic off or tear it off, and then like loosen this thing to a level where it can come out and you can get it off, and then you can clamp it back on later. That part took way longer than the rest of everything <laughs> else combined, so make a note. Uh, so I replaced these two things. It took, you know, a couple hours. Most of that time, again, trying to unclamp these things and reclamp them. That was the hardest part, for sure. 
Some of them had like this little, you're supposed to poke it with a pin or a, a screw head or a screw uh, pointy end or something because that's how it's being stuck in this hole. There's the, all, all kinds of weird ones of these things. Anyway, look them up if you're interested. Do only the ones that matter for your refrigerator. Don't ever try to find more of these things. They were a horrible <laughs> pain. But I replaced this thing with the, these new parts and I plug it back in and voila, the motor turns Ta-da. on like immediately. <laughs> Success. Nice. And because the other option, right, was like, if this didn't work, the next thing the person was like, the next piece that could probably be wrong. Because again, the compressors, they are there. The person's like, the compressors are pretty bulletproof. Like those things dying would be super rare. The next thing is like the control board, which again, you can get to, but is going to require a, quite a bit more work. And that piece is not cheap like these were. Oh, right? okay. I'm sure and, that that's probably one of the more expensive components. Probably not. Again, the compressor is probably still more. Uh, but the it is a, one of those components that like you need to get the specific one for the very specific refrigerator you again, have. Time to mm-hmm. throw it out. Possibly because again, these relay components are used in tons of refrigerators, and like this one that I ordered had like a list of models, and it was just like normal refrigerators on here. They didn't even list this like wine cooler thing that I had. Hmm. So. These are very commonly used across lots of different types of refrigerators. So anyway, uh, and it worked. And I was like stoked because I didn't want to have to deal with trying to buy a new one and figure out like what kind do we want. And then we probably should get a nicer one and a whole bunch of other things. So, you know, this if this buys us a couple more years, wonderful. It was $15 well spent. Right? Yeah. And you get a great story out of it, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get to feel like I accomplished something with my electrical engineering. Go me. Hey. Yeah. Nice. Um, I didn't get up to anything as interesting as that during the break. I did have a lot of time to think. I really don't like the D-pad on the Switch Pro controller. Are you guys ready to finish off our controller chat? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's knock it out. It's time. It's time to do part three. Components, controllers. I put up Tetris 99 again after now that I have the Hori controller, the Pro Switch Pro controller, and the standard Joy-Cons. And I am not alone in the internet with saying that the Pro controller makes a lot of accidental movements on the D-pad. Yeah, it's not the best D-pad out there, for sure. I won't even attempt to defend it. Uh, It's basically unusable in Tetris. I'm not saying it's unusable in general, and it actually has kind of a nice firm feel compared to the Hori one. Um, Less stiff than the Joy-Con one. It's nice in terms of the way that it feels, but it just activates too easily on different directions when you're not even pressing them, so... Which for a game like Tetris yeah, 99 is plenty of times I accidentally drop and it's like, well, I don't, I don't know what to do now that dropped four spaces to the right of what I was thinking. I don't know. Anyway. So, um, that leads me into our discussion games with controllers and games without, and I would never play Tetris without a controller. Mm-hmm. I feel like. Maybe someone who is way better than me. I think the pro guys play it on keyboards. I mean, what kind of Tetris are you talking? 
I mean, like any Tetris I would play. <laughs> uh, Tetris Effect is on Xbox, whatever you call it, Game Pass. Uh, I think it's on a bunch of stuff. It's on PC and Steam yeah. and a bunch of stuff. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, Tetris 99, these types of things. Uh, I would, even if not having the choice, I would prefer to play with a controller, I think, just because it's less mentally draining to me. Um, but I think some of the pros actually play it on a keyboard because the just easier with the three buttons, four buttons there or whatever. You could set the buttons to be whatever you want, you know? Yeah. Uh, so anyway, it, just, just to lead off our discussion that we had talked about specific games last time, one or two that, or, uh, JJ had said, you know, games that originally were designed for a controller. I think Skyrim was the example. Um, of games that just didn't, in some people's opinions, translate well to a keyboard and mouse. I think Skyrim was fine overall, uh, personally, but there were definite benefits just to the controller on some games. Um, so my, my answer to the question is, uh, often shooters when there's, when they're not competitive, I'll just relax with a controller uh platforming obviously i think i would rather do on a controller mm-hmm. uh and those come from the movement generation and for i think we talked about aim assist on a controller uh, and the way they were they were created for you know keeping things cr- cross platform and fair against mouse and keyboard players uh and the fact that you just can't keep up with a controller sometimes um, and then, yeah, games like a Tetris game where um, quick reaction might be a little bit more important, you know, and you get to the end of Tetris 99, you really need to be like not even thinking you, you have to see the piece and know where it's going before it comes down, you know, like before it hits the screen almost. Um, yeah, it's 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 almost instinct, right? You don't really have the chance to plan. Yeah. And so the controller takes the am I pushing the right button kind of out of the equation? You know, uh, it's supposed to anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, that's my short answer for that one. What do you guys think? Gosh. Um, like I said, I am, I think that it, I've sort of brought up a lot of the, like, you know, the stuff that I think is important to play, you know, how the game was designed and and that kind of stuff. And that really sort of guides my, I don't know, the the way that I end up playing games. And I play most of my games on PC these days. And, you know, I still have the Switch, but I use almost exclusively the Pro Controller for Mm -hmm. that. But notably, I am not deep into Tetris 99 like Andrew is. (laughs) I'm not that deep into it. I, bro, you've played a ton of hours. Sure, of but game. I don't play it consistently. I wouldn't call it deep if you don't play it consistently. I would call it very deep considering you've played 10 times or 15 or 20 times the number of hours I, mean, I have played. Is of that it game? just deep because I could beat you? Is that is that the answer? Anyone can beat me at that <laughs> game. I'm terrible. A young child is likely to beat me at Tetris. I'm terrible at Tetris. Well, I'm tra- <laughs> Didn't a young child beat all of us at Tetris? Oh, wait, yeah. Hey, I remember this. <laughs> hmm. This is years ago. But yeah, we all got smoked by that kid. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So anyway, 
Uh, oh, don't worry. I'm uh, training, I'm training one of my young children. So someday we'll see the answer to this question live. Wonderful. Uh, she likes Tetris, so we're giving it a shot and see what, see if she likes it enough. Good start. Yeah. My point is that I wouldn't notice the bad inputs on Tetris because I am so bad. I would just assume that I am being bad. I see. <laughs> and I would not notice the slipping inputs, yeah. right? And the rest of the kinds of games that I play on there, like Fire Emblem, I'm not going to notice a missing input on Fire Emblem because if it goes over one square too far, I move back yeah. before hitting I'm, confirm. I'm whatever, starting to right? wonder on this scuff. Uh, when I was in that room for 20 minutes, sometimes I would slide the wall and I'd hit jump and then I wouldn't jump. And I thought to myself, maybe I'm just getting tired of this room. But maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens with the Elite too. Anyway, I didn't mean to cut, cut off your thought. here. No, I, that was kind of all I was going for. Is that like, I don't have... It's more the other case for me on PC. Is like, am I going to use a mouse and keyboard for this when I'm on the PC? Okay. And the answer is, if the game came out on a console, I'm probably going to use a console or, you know, a controller. Yeah, that's what we talked about last time. Be- you said this. Yeah. 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 So then, like, the only cases where it gets questionable, then, is stuff that, like, okay, it, it was clearly designed, like, it came out on the PC and the console at the same time. But they, like, maybe it has more features or it was ported to the console later and I'm buying it, you know, way later after the yeah. fact. And then it's a question mark of like, okay, well, like they definitely have done work to make it work with controllers now, but like, was that how they intended me to play it? Or do I need to care how they intended me to play it? Which way plays better? Mm-hmm. You know, like that kind of stuff. Um, you know, so I'm playing like a, you know, a game that clearly benefits from having a, um, a mouse and keyboard, you know, something like loop hero, right? Yep. Um, that game is on consoles. I'm pretty sure. I just don't know how you would do it. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Michael? Um, I think for me, what I what I use between controller or mouse and keyboard is kind of informed by how I grew up playing games. Um I I think I less than you two um played PC games when I was younger. I didn't really get into it much until I got older. Uh, I was mostly just a uh, a console player. You didn't play and hours so, and hours and hours of StarCraft. I mean, StarCraft was probably the first one that I got into. No rush, man. No um, rush. Besides, <laughs> uh, besides StarCraft, I think the majority of what I played were things like um, the Dig and Mist games that were like point and point and click puzzle games things that would have been really difficult to do on a console um that i think these days lend themselves well to things like being on a touch screen oh. um but yeah back then the the mouse and keyboard was really the only way to play a game like that um and so i think there was there was always kind of a a stark divide for me between the things that that I like to play on PC and then the games that I like to play on console, um, which were mostly platformers, um, which lend themselves to better to controllers because how can I jerk my keyboard to the side to make my character (laughs) run jump just that little bit? I knew, I knew if I don't have, if I don't have a controller, I felt that. 
Uh, I've gotten so much better at that now. Uh, the 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 fact that the the side button on that scuff controller goes off so easily, I've gotten so much better at keeping my hands as still as possible mm-hmm. uh, when when playing Warzone, right? And so it has kept my hands very still now when playing Celeste. I don't do the like, oh, I'm going to make the jump lean. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, maybe makes you worse at the game. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, Probably doesn't help. It doesn't help. Else. Okay, so if we're on our PCs, we're using our controllers something we haven't talked about yet uh is mapping and customs do you guys remap ever even on your console do you remap from the default controls ever and if so yes okay there you go why yeah i do because i like so i like i'll give you two examples one i just went through um so i was setting up the controllers for um trails from zero and trails to azure and the Mm -hmm. default control schemes don't match each other and that bothers me or i know in advance that it will bother me so i remapped the second game to match the defaults from the first game that's good okay um but more more generally than that i like i like the accept button and the cancel button to be in specific places oh which way sony Um, or nintendo i like whatever the whatever the well, whatever the bottom most button is, I like to be accept, and then the rightmost button to be so canceled. Anth- uh, Anti Nintendo. So, so have you reset yes. your Switch? No, I haven't. I I just learned to play that as it okay, is. Because you can. That's what uh, that was going to be my follow up question to anybody that said this was: you, you have the option to do that to your Switch. And I'm aware. Okay. Yeah. But it's not something that you find. I, I leave mine alone. I kind of like the the nature of it, but um, I know a lot of people that have switched those. And you know, like with a PC, you could you can remap all sorts of buttons to be whatever you want them to be. Uh, in so I only have a very few examples where I have done kinds of remaps outside of the like X and square or reverse because this game is weird and from Japan or okay. whatever situation. Um. Or wait, X and, X and circle. X and circle on a PlayStation controller or A and B on a Nintendo slash Xbox. Yep. And uh, those, that's the like standard one. I, I agree with Michael's um, bottom most button is confirm and the one up and to the right of that is canceled. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's thumb position when you're holding, because I'm right handed. So when I'm holding the controller, especially if I'm going through a bunch of dialogue, I don't want to have to reach to hit the button. That is at least the configuration I have learned in my mind. Yeah. Uh, however, just like Michael, I also have not changed it on my Switch. The cases where I do make more remappings than just that one are cases where like game series I have played and they change the the controls from like the first one to the second one, like yeah, Michael was go. talking about here. Uh, or they change, you know, they, they add some new feature, but I liked the old control where it was. And they move stuff around. And typically in those instances, I was like, okay, I really liked having the turbo button when I click the stick. Or I really liked having, you know, the the jump button on this button. And now they put some new thing there and move jump over here. Like, that, those are the only instances where I do those kinds of remapping. Because it's like, I just finished the other one. 
I know that this one is, does this. Why did you move it? I get that there were five years there in between and I didn't see those, <laughs> you know, but like I'm here and I want to play, you know, the same way between the, the games or, or the, the way that I sort of already am accustomed to it. Okay. So those are kind of the only times I really touch it. I really am a default control guy most of the time. I will. Well, I have a, I have a question for, for the oh, two okay. of you, which is speaking of remapping inverted camera. Yes or no. Oh, I was, no, never, no, what? never, never invert the Y. Never. Unless it's a flight no. sim. <laughs> no. I leave it I leave it uninverted in a flight sim unless I'm gonna play on an actual Hotas. My hmm. brain only works with it inverted for flight sims. I don't know why. Oh weird. I can't make the plane do the most, right thing if most I'm... flight sims are so arcadey it doesn't matter to me. Yeah, fair. I guess I also work with planes, so Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, true. Uh, you just mentioned the turbo button. I want to get back to that after I say I will remap shooters to all work the same way. So I was going to ask you if you do that. Do you what way? Do so you a do lot it? of because most shooters now have multiple presets that I've seen, and the presets correspond to like this is Halo, this is Call of Duty, yeah. this is whatever. <laughs> um, I don't know what games do it. I have. I noticed that I have to remap Gears of War a bunch of times because the way they reload in that game is different than every other game because it's an active thing that you have to do. Um, okay. You have to like pr- react. It's a reaction command. Um, but generally speaking, I want to zoom with my left bottom trigger, fire with my right bottom trigger. Um, and then, you know, secondaries and grenades and stuff like that on the other bumper buttons. Those are the call of duty defaults. And they're also left left trigger, right trigger is the call of duty. And it's also halo. I, and if it's not halo, then I've remapped my halo to work that way. You have remapped your halo. So I think the more modern halos have adopted that, but the original halo did not use. So, uh, I think when we played Halo, I played the first couple on the keyboard and then the later couple on the controller, and I remapped those those times, those controllers. Yeah, and I'm sure you remember uh, from our discussions, I was playing on controller the whole time, and I had always remapped them, and I was always remapping it to the same yeah. thing that, yeah. that you're talking about yeah. here. Uh, turbo buttons are kind of a thing of the sure. past. Uh, none of So this isn't what you think it I is. See. I was referencing a very specific game uh. that has a, <laughs> a turbo feature okay. yes. in the game. I see. It, doesn't, it does now. Although it does work quite a bit like what you're thinking of a turbo button, except it turbos the entire game, including like animation speeds and everything. Ah. It just runs everything I at see. three or a configurable. No, I, so I noticed I sent you a picture of the retro fighters and this is not an endorsement. I haven't even tried the controller yet, but I'm just so people can find what I'm talking about. Retro fighters brawler 64 is the name of this, this uh, bad boy, I mm. guess is what you'll call it. Uh, it's a reimagined Nintendo 64 controller with the buttons moved around. I'm very excited to try to play a game with it because it moves things into a positions that are like a modern controller for, for humans, humans beings. instead of aliens <laughs> like the N64 controller. <laughs> um, 
I did confirm both of those triggers on the bottom are Z, either side. Uh, so, yeah, Which that had, made sense. Right, it had to be, right. But I didn't notice before, uh, and I now I notice it, and the, the Hori Split Pad Pro that I have does this, and I had maybe a Battle Pad from Hori for the GameCube with the Turbo button. I don't think I've ever actually used the turbo button for anything. Really? I can't think of a case where I would have wanted to turbo a button. So I only have a few limited examples where I've ever used it. All of them are for retro games, like retro retro games, right? Old, old games, old shooters where I, Stuff like that where I don't want to be hammering that button. I just want to hold it and have it fire as fast as is possible. Or like old Street Fighter 2 where E Honda's attack, the 100 hand slap goes literally as fast as you can press the button. <laughs> yep. um, that was how I beat all the computers in that game when I used to play it. Uh, uh, what, I'm trying to think what I used it on Mega Man X for me because it's yeah. just constant, it's constant bullet stream in that. Oh yeah, because you have yeah. to press it all the time. Yeah, yep. those are those are the ones where I have used turbos. I wonder. I do have but the mega modern games. I have really. the Mega Man collections on the Switch, so maybe I'll try out the turbo button when I'm playing that. Yeah, and I bet depending on which Mega Man games those are, like certainly it'll help you on some of them, just because like it'll just like reduce fatigue in your hand if nothing yeah. else. So <laughs> you hold the you hold the button and it presses the button a bazillion times for you or you just press it once and it presses it until you press it again the one i had had a a switch on it and you could put it into either mode you could it had like three positions you could turn it off um you could have it on and then you could have it in toggle okay yeah and those are the ones that similar to the one that i used back in the day it was like you would click it over to on and then any button you hit was being spammed 10,000 <laughs> times or whatever. Cool. Yeah. So, um, man, I think we finally come to the end ish of controllers. I, I will report back separately about these other controllers. I am trying out and that'll be like little miniature featurettes or whatever, but they're not going to fit in here. Cause I don't have time to, plug in my n64 right now and try out the xbox controller right now and 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 you know what i mean uh gotta draw the line yeah i mean they're here i'll try them out and we'll talk about them when i do and i'll see what the differences were i'm i'm most scared to put it the elite up against the scuff that's what i'm most scared for i'm gonna feel like being at a wine tasting and you're already four wines in and you're like yeah everything's good (laughs) you know comparing the titans mm-hmm. here uh but if anybody else had comments on you know oh they wanted to hear more about the split pad i i uh i like it in general i don't love some stuff about it that stick is real sloppy uh, the pro controller is much better on the stick but if anybody wants to hear about the hori switch pad or jj's opinion on Call of Duty layouts or Michael's <laughs> layout for Celeste. Where would they send those? 
Uh, you can send those to podcast at weweregamers.com. We are interested in people's opinions about controllers, so please send that stuff in. It's, it is interesting to but me, it's at just least. This is just an infinite world of it. You know, there's everything from many, many companies making $30 controllers for everything to the $200 ones. So, yeah, please send us all the, all the interesting stuff that you folks out there do with them. We're highly curious. And if you want to reach us on social media, you can find us at We Were Gamers on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, all the various places. And follow us on YouTube if you search for We Were Gamers, all one word. Subscribe, get that little bell. You'll be notified every time a new podcast comes up. That's good stuff. Yeah, we were off last week. Um, but as a reminder, I think this Friday, let's see, what's the date? Yes, this Friday, there will be a new episode of uh, Subspace Transmissions that will be oh, live. Yes. And it's about uh, JJ. It's about the Star Trek, the original series episode, All Our Yesterdays. So if you want to rewatch that before you listen to that podcast for all the five points of plot <laughs> that would be spoiled for you. <laughs> there is uh season three, episode 23 for folks out there looking yeah. for it, man. That, that is one of the few, something about season three of star Trek is just like, here are the five points of plot. Each, we, we got into each, it. Each folks, one. if you want to know what happened, it season three, if the original series was fractious, I think, yes. <laughs> In the like, in every sense, kindest in terms. every sense of the word, <laughs> fractious. I believe it was outright hostile between various cast members at various yeah. points. So, uh, interesting discussion had there about more than just that episode. So that was fun. Yeah, I say like, the the episode was sort of the uh, the entry into the discourse, <laughs> not really anything deep yeah. going on there necessarily. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna crack open this elite. That's what I'm going to do. That's my night. Cracking a cold elite with the boys. You named the pod <laughs> after the pod ended. 